Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me to a couple of openings just to get started. Go with me to uh, Romans chapter 4. We'll start there, Romans chapter 4. Hallelujah. Verse number three, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. What was accounted unto him for righteousness? Abraham's believing God. The act of believing God, the Bible says, was accounted unto him for righteousness or you could say it, and that's, that word is an accounting term. In other words, it was put to his credit. Righteousness was put to his credit because of his believing God. You know that I like the Barclay translation of this particular verse. It says that Abraham took God at his word. I love that. I tell you, there's nothing in all this world that'll separate you from people around you like taking God at his word. It's not how you dress It's not what you look like. It's not even how you behave. The things that separate people in God's opinion and sets people apart, it is people who will act on what he said. Acting on the word of God. Amen. Amen. And Abraham, if you know the story, and we're gonna look into it briefly today, but if you know the story of Abraham, you'll know that the word that he acted on was not what we would consider some kind of super spiritual direction in his life. It was something very natural. It was something that had to do with a natural desire and a natural uh, development in his life. He and Sarah had no children. They wanted children. And God gave them direction and spoke to them about a child that would be and they took God at his word on that, what we would sometimes consider a very natural, non-spiritual, uh, 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 not related to uh, necessary to serving God, just a desire, a natural desire for a par- of, a, of a couple to have a baby. And when he took God at his word and acted on that word, God put it to his credit that he was righteous. God puts a great deal of value on our believing him and acting on his word. He puts a great deal of value far beyond the natural thing we're believing for. Far beyond the the importance and the weight of anything you might be trusting God for, believing God for, whether it's a healing in your body or a financial need. Far beyond the importance of that, way beyond that, God puts the emphasis on and he places the importance upon you acting on his word. Isn't that good? Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Go with me then my second reading to Daniel back in the Old Testament. If you can find Ezekiel, you're close. One door over to the right. (laughs) Daniel chapter 11. Amen. 
Verse 32 says, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But notice the last part of this verse. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The people who do know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Like I pointed out to you before, when, when, when he's talking about great exploits, it does not necessarily mean what other people would consider great exploits. It includes, like I said, don't think necessarily about, about uh, running faster than a speeding bullet are able to, to leap over buildings with a single bound. That, you know, we think of Superman exploits. Uh, it, it, could, it could include things that would be superhuman like that, but really anything that God gives you to do that you need his grace to pull it off and you need his power and his ability, that's a great exploit in God's, God's uh, opinion. And he said the people that know him that know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. Notice who is it who carries out great exploits? People who know their God and are strong. People who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. A lot of people know God, but they're not very strong. They're not strong in their, I said like this, they're not very strong in their knowledge of God. Amen. It takes people of strong faith to do great things for God. And again, great things just means whatever great things he has for you. Amen. God wants to use all of us. We're living in the last days. And God wants to use each and every one of us, but it takes faith. It takes knowing how to use your faith, how to stand against opposition in order to, to do great things for God. Like I've said before, there are, there are assignments for each one of us. Every one of us has, in a manner of speaking or just by way of illustration, there's a file somewhere on each one of us and it's full of assignments. Mm-hmm. It's a pending file. And there are assignments awaiting all of us. And these assignments are uniquely suited to us. They have our name on it. Just like I said before, if you work for a, for a large corporation, you know this, the, the senior management does not choose people to do important things in the company Unless they, unless they single that person out and they, they trust that person, they believe they're qualified. They don't give important duties to people who aren't tested and aren't qualified. Amen. Well, there are assignments for each one of us and God has selected those assignments and has tailor-made them for us. But don't think that because they're tailor-made for you that that means you can just do it in your own strength. That's not how they're tailor-made. They're tailor-made for you to be able to carry out as you trust him. As you lean 
on, like Pastor Greg always quotes it on Sunday mornings, as you lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him. When you do that, God has, God has, has ordained things for us to accomplish. That he knows that if we will use our faith and act on the word and trust him, we can pull those things off. In other words, we, we, he does it through us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Well, it takes strong faith to do that. Lack of natural ability is not nearly as great an obstacle to doing great things for God as is a lack of faith. I said lack of natural ability is not nearly as great an obstacle to doing big things for God as is a lack of faith. Amen. In fact, there have been a lot of people with, with super abilities who still fail in the things of God because they trust in themselves and they lean to their own understanding and they don't acknowledge God and in the, wind of every, uh, in the face of every wind of opposition, they turn and run. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's the same in ministry as it is in your personal life. Acting on your faith brings the manifestation of God's power. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I want you to go with me over to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Thank you, Father. Romans 10. Verse number eight says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your, and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That's what we preach, the word of faith. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Notice he says that the word is near you, it's in your mouth, and it's in your heart. Go with me, and he said this is the word of faith which we, which we preach. Go over to, uh, to James and look at the fifth chapter of James. James chapter 5. Verse 15 says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the sick. Now this word save in the original Greek is the common word for save, but it is also translated heal and make whole. Heal or make whole. So here, it's obviously talking about physical healing because, because you're, he, you're, you're, he's talking about someone who is sick calling for the elders of the church and they come and anoint him with oil, praying over him. Notice that it says the prayer of faith will heal the sick. What kind of, what kind of prayer heals the sick? The prayer of faith. I said the prayer of faith heals the sick. Now, who determines whether the prayer of faith has been prayed? The elder that anoints with oil or the person who's being prayed for? It depends on the person that's being prayed for. Amen. 
That's, that's who determines whether or not it's the prayer of faith. Can, can I be just uh, uh, real honest with you? Have a little candid moment. Preachers don't like to admit these things sometimes. I've laid hands on people before and thought, ain't no way. I have. I've thought that. I've thought to myself, this person is so unfaithful, so undeserved. I mean, I, I didn't say I said it. I thought it. I've thought that before. I've laid hands, and not very often, so don't get nervous. But I've laid hands on people before and thought, ain't no way. They might as well just go sit down. And to my utter amazement, God heals them. Well, it clearly wasn't my faith. Amen. It's the person who has the need the person who's being prayed for and is praying for themselves, that's who determines whether or not the prayer of faith has been offered. Now, I'm, I add my faith when people come, except in those rare occasions. I add my faith, the minister adds his faith, and there are sometimes special operations of the spirit that flow through a minister in the area of healing, but even then, if the person isn't using their own faith, if they're not acting on the, or if they refuse to act on the word, it's not going to accomplish anything. I've ministered to people before, laid hands on, and I knew God's healing power went into them. I could sense it. I could feel it. I, I knew that power flowed into them, and I knew they were healed. And yet I couldn't get them to act. I mean, that healing power went into them. I could tell it but I couldn't get them to act. They wouldn't take a step of faith. Well, they, they walk away unhealed. Now, is that scriptural? Yeah. Remember over in Acts 14, when Paul was there and, and, uh, uh, and the, he, he was preaching in Lystra and Derby and those areas, and he says there was a man here, and while Paul was preaching, Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed. In other words, the, the, whatever was uh, necessary was in that man. But nothing happened until he acted. He had faith. But nothing happened until he acted. Well, praise the Lord. It's important that we learn how to use our faith because of the hour in which we live. I am absolutely convinced that God has raised up this message of faith 40 plus years ago to bring the church to a place where we would know how to use our faith. And there has, there has been a falling away in the camp, in the word of faith camp. There has come a falling away in the word of faith camp. There are a lot of people in the word of faith camp who were taught the principles of faith. I know because I know a lot of ministers who went to the same Bible school I went to and sat under the same uh, ministry that I sat under, listened to the same uh, messages that I listened to, the same preachers, and they were schooled in faith and they walked in it for a while, but as soon as the winds of, of society and culture begin to go a different direction, 
They just turned and went with it. There, there, and you've heard me say this before, there are churches I know personally, not just people I've heard about, but ministers I know myself, where they used to minister to the sick on Sunday mornings and have tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy, words of knowledge, other kinds of gifts of the Spirit operate. They never have that anymore. They never, not, they don't allow it. Of course, they're not going to have it if they don't allow it, but they've made a conscious uh, a policy decision, we don't do this in public services anymore. Well, God has always used a remnant. If you go back and study God's dealings with his people, God has always done his most marvelous works with a few, with a remnant. And, and I am thoroughly convinced that God brought this message of faith. And with the message of faith came a great deal of understanding of what belongs to us. Our rights, our privileges in Christ, what God has done for us in the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and seating of the Lord Jesus Christ. What that means for us, what is ours, who we are, what we can do, so forth. God has given this generation so much light and so much understanding that that was somewhat foggy to people in in years gone by. God has has revealed so much and, and taught us about faith and yet God had to have known that there would be a sifting, that there would be people who in the last days would turn away from it. One of, the, one of the last things that Kenneth E. Hagan ever said to anybody was to Doc Horton. Doc lived just uh, around the corner from, from Dad Hagan, Doc and Jerry Horton. And they were very close friends. And uh, they ate together, you know, in one another's home and so forth. And, and one of the, it's either one of the last things or the very last thing that Dad Hagan said to Doc Horton, not the morning he went to heaven, but just prior to that, the last thing he said was, Doc, don't ever stop preaching faith. He had a sense, and, and he even made this statement to Doc and to other people. He said, people don't listen to me anymore. He said, there are people that used to listen and they've stopped listening. They don't even listen to me anymore. And then in that context, he told Doc, he said, make sure you never stop preaching faith. Dad Hagen saw what's going on in the body of Christ. He saw what's going on today in the Word of Faith camp. But thank God there's a remnant. Amen. God did not raise us up to turn and go into a, to go a different way, a different flow into some other kind of ministry, embrace some other kind of doctrine. Amen. He raised us up to stay true on the word of God and to be that people who know God and do great exploits, strong in the Lord, doing great exploits for him. 
takes faith in God. It takes knowing how to get it done by faith. Down in the trenches, down in the gutters of life, learning how to take your stand against every uh, wicked force that comes against you, every every uh, uh, obstacle that arises, every time the enemy challenges you, knowing how to get right down in the middle of that and say, no, I'm going to have my victory this time, just like every other time. I'm not going to give an inch. I'm not going to give a ground. I'm not going to give up my healing. I'm not going to give up my blessing. I'm not going to give up what belongs to me. That's the kind of person that God can use to do great things for him. And those are great things. Remember, Abraham believed God and that act of faith was accounted to him. It was put to his credit for being righteous and it was a, it was a, a natural need, a need, a natural desire. And yet out of that natural desire, there was spiritual fruit. Because out of the loins of Abraham, and his, and his descendants, God said, would fill the earth. But God brought the nation of Israel out of him. And eventually he brought the seed, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he had spoken of way back in the Garden of Eden when he told Adam and Eve, he said, he said that, that, that uh, the devil, the, the, the seed of the woman will bruise your heel, but you'll bruise his head. He's talking about the evil one that would come. Oh, glory to God. I mean, the the Savior that would come to defeat the evil one. Amen. I'm telling you, God has a plan. I said, God has a plan. Hallelujah. And, And you're in it. That's the thing. You're in that plan. Do you understand that? You're in that plan. You're in his plan. Whoo, glory. Who decides? Who, who prays the prayer of faith? Who does? The, the person who's, who's prayed for. The person who has the need. Go with me over to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Notice what verse 1 says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things. Everybody say these words. Not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now go with me over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Verse 18 says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. In both of these passages, we have two words or or phrases. Things and not seen. Things not seen. Do you know everything we desire? Remember Jesus said whatever things you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them the things we desire are things that we want to see isn't that right 
things we want to see. In other words, things we want to have and hold that we want to see come to pass in our lives. We want we, we don't want to just have spiritual healing. We want we want our bodies to be healed. Isn't that right? We we don't want the Lord to just tell us we're rich. We want some of that in our bank account. <laughs> right? But when we pray about them, when we pray about those things, they're all in the unseen realm. That's where they're, that's the realm where they're, they're in the unseen realm. God wants to bring them over into the natural realm, but we have to be the ones to put that into play. Could God just do it for us? Yes, but then we wouldn't be living by faith and that wouldn't please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. Go, to, go back, I mentioned Mark 11. Go over there, I want to look at something. Mark 11. Look at verse number 23 and 24. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Notice he says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. You know, there's a song we sang this morning, Steve, uh, Brother Steve, one of those songs uh, mountains move in front of me. The way that song, you remember the way the song was origin, originally written? I had him change the words. God moves, he moves mountains. Something, God moves mountains in front of me. And, and the first time we sang it, I came down, I said, Steve, you need to change the words of that song. God's not in the business of moving mountains. Jesus said, we move them with our words. I said, God's not in the business of moving our mountains. We move them with our words. Is that not what Jesus said? Whoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Mountains come in all shapes and sizes. They come in all descriptions. They represent, these mountains represent here things that the enemy will try to bring up in your life to block you, to stand in your way from whatever belongs to you, whatever God has said is yours. The enemy will, will uh, send storms to buffet you. Anybody witnessed any of those? He'll send things your way to, to cause you to falter. And to back down and give up what God said is yours. But we have to do something. We have to speak to those words, um, to those mountains with our words. I know one time in, in a vision that, that Jesus, or that Brother Hagin had where Jesus appeared to him. He, the Lord told him, he said, had you ever noticed in Mark eleven twenty three 23, that there's three times as much said about speaking as there is believing. And he, and he said, 
He said, if you notice, Jesus spoke about believing three times, but he only spoke about speaking three times, only spoke about believing one time. I've got a picture in my office of Dad Hagen preaching that. And it was over in Scott Webb's church years ago, and he's got his fingers up like this. Where Jesus told him, he said, you got to do three times as much preaching about the saying part as you do the believing part because people aren't missing it in the believing part. They're missing it in the saying part. Amen. Saying it. Why is that so important? Why is it so important? It's because that's how faith works. I can't say it any plainer than that. Faith works by believing it in your heart and saying it. It's not, it's not whoever thinks about this mountain and thinking it's removed. He said, whoever speaks to this mountain. Oh, hallelujah. Go real quick over to uh, <clears throat> Romans 4 again. Romans 4. Romans 4. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 4. And let's look at verse number. Let's start in verse 16. Therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And here's the verse I wanted you to see. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. The reason you have to say what you believe is because that's how faith works. And we know that's how faith works because that's what God does. It says, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. I've, in my own personal life, ministering to people one-on-one, I have found sometimes, sometimes it is the hardest thing in the world to do to get people to actually call those things which do not exist as though they did. It's it's that sometimes people stumble over that. In other words, for, for a sick person to say, based on the word of God, based on the promise of God and what God has said in his word, to say, you know, Jesus said, Mark 11, 24, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it and you will have it. You have to believe you receive it before you have it. Well, if you believe you receive it, then you'll say you've received it. But people struggle over that. Well, I'm not going to say I'm healed if I, if I don't look healed. I can tell I'm not healed. I can, I've still got all of my symptoms. Everything that was wrong with me is still wrong with me. I'm talking about good people. I'm not talking about worldly people. I'm talking about good, Christian, honest people. They think they would be lying if they called something uh, as though it, 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 that did not exist as though it did. They think, well, I'll be lying if I do that. Well, the Bible says God cannot lie. Does it not say God is not a man that he should lie? Over in in, uh, uh, 
Numbers, I think, it says God is not a man that he should lie. Over in in, uh, Titus, it says God who cannot lie. God cannot lie. And yet God calls things which do not exist as though they did. And God cannot lie. God calls things that do not exist as though they do and he's not a liar. It's impossible for God to lie. Well, if God's not lying... When he calls those things that do not exist as though they did, then I'm not lying. If I call those things, I'm talking about things according to the word of God. If God has declared something in his word, even though it doesn't exist yet, if I call it as though it does exist, then I'm not lying. And if I'm lying, God's lying. If I'm a liar, God's a liar in that, in that, in that sense. And if God's a liar, then We're all sunk. If God's a liar, then the Bible's not true. And the Lord Jesus Christ was a fraud. And there is no heaven or no hell, and there's no eternity. And how meaningless and and, and empty is life. How dark, hopeless is the grave. But God's not a liar. And the Bible is true. And Jesus is the son of God. And there is a heaven, praise God. And we are going there. And life is full of blessing. And there is hope and peace and joy. And we can live by faith. And we can can call those things like God did. Call those things which be not as though they are. And it says that Abraham, now the older King James the one before the new king, I read from the new king James, but that older, the older version in the margin of that king James where it says, as it is written, I have made you, made you a father of many nations. What does it say? What's the regular text? Before him whom he believed, there's a margin, uh, there's, a, there's a note in the margin of, what, of my old Cambridge Bible and it says, like unto him. That's what that meant in the original in the original Greek. Like unto him. Abraham was like unto him whom he believed. Even God who caused those things which be not as though they were. Abraham was like unto him. In other words, Abraham acted just like him. Now that makes religious people mad. Oh, who do you think you are? You can't act like God. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? I mean, isn't that what Christianity is all about? We're supposed to be like God, live like God, act like God, talk like God, believe like God, accomplish God things. Yeah. Ephesians chapter five says, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God as dear children. The idea there, if you, if you look these verses up in their context, the idea there is like children imitate their parents. That's not always a good thing. But where God's concerned, it is a good thing. Like, you know, children dress up. Sometimes they like to dress up and pretend they're mom and dad. They like to imitate their parents. Well, the Bible says that we're supposed to imitate God. How do we do that? We dress up. We put on God's clothes. It's called the armor of God. We take up the armor of God. It's God's armor. It's not our armor. It's God's armor. We take up his breastplate. We take up his girdle. We take up, uh, uh, we put on his shoes. Sometimes they're big for us. 
But oh, hallelujah. The more we walk in them, the more they fit. Praise God. We put on his clothes. We put on, we take the shield of faith. We take the sword of the spirit. All of that's God's clothes. And we play like God. We start imitating God. We start doing God things. And one of the things we do is we call those things which do not exist as though they did. And how did, how did that happen? Did God do that? Yeah. All through the Bible, God called things that do not exist as though they did. Concerning the Lord Jesus, the Bible says, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Well, that was a couple thousand years before Jesus came. But it said he's given. What is God doing? He's calling those things which be not as though they are. Hallelujah. That is the, that is the, that is, that is such a fundamental part of our faith walk. God needs us to learn to call those things that do not exist, that we see in the Bible, that he's spoken to us, things that are revealed in his word or things that are revealed by the spirit that he has for us in our own personal lives, but what he wants to do in us and through us in this world in being the kind of church that he, that he wants us to be. God needs us to start calling things that do not exist as though they did. He, the, listen, the, God needs it, the world needs it. The world will never understand the truth until the church rises up in faith and starts demonstrating the truth in front of them. Until the church rises up and takes hold of all of the assignments and starts operating and bringing those assignments to pass, doing what God's called us to, that's when the world will have the witness they must have. I know there are people that believe the day of revival is over. I talk to them sometimes. Yeah, the day of revival is past. The great things of God have come and gone and now we're just holding on till the end. That's absurd. Why in the world would God leave us here? Any investor, anybody that knows about anything about investing, you, you, you don't, you, you, if you have knowledge, you're not supposed to, but if you have knowledge of the market, you, you're, you're supposed to cash out when, when your investment is at the top. Isn't that right? You don't hold on to it after it's peaked and say, well, I know this is the top and it's, it'll never be like this again, but I'm gonna hold on to it for another 20 years until it goes bankrupt. <laughs> Nobody does that. Well, why would God leave the church here for diminishing returns? When there will be no revival, never be another move of God, just to kind of be here until, you know, things just fall apart. And he has to just take us out, you know, by the hair of our head, just kind of deliver us out of the turmoil. That'd be tough for some, wouldn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. No, glory to God. A triumphant church, a victorious church, a people who know their God, who are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, doing exploits by faith. That's the only way you can do them. That's the only way you can do exploits for the Lord is by faith. He doesn't, he doesn't have any other. He doesn't have another method. He doesn't have another way of accomplishing his will. You do it by faith. Oh, praise God. That's where God's taken us. That's where God's brought us. He's brought us to this hour 
to be the people who will stand up by faith, in faith, speaking things, calling those things that do not exist as though they did. What do you need in your life? What do you need? What, what, what kind of direction have you received from the Lord? What belongs to you? What is it God has said that is yours? And yet you're, you're not seeing that in reality in your life. Go ahead and stand with me. What are those things? Find out what the Bible says and start calling those things. Start it today. Start it today. Listen, start it today in your life. Start it now. Start calling those things that do not exist. Yeah, well, I just don't understand that. The Bible didn't say anything at all in the world about understanding it. Jesus didn't say, whoever shall speak into this mountain and say, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. If any understands it, it'll come to pass. He didn't say that. He said, whoever believes in his heart, you don't have to understand it. I don't understand how the new birth takes place. I don't understand how the Bible says that God created us in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. Do you, can you understand that? I do in one sense. I don't really understand it, but I know this. God calls those things which be not as though they were. That's how it happened. He calls those things which be not. The Bible says Jesus is the Lamb of God, Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the earth. How in the world can that be? God calls those things which be not as though they were. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Whatever it is that, that uh, uh, is on your heart that you desire, I'm talking about godly desires, things God's put in your heart, whether it's, a, it's something in the Bible that belongs to you and you know it's yours, or if it's something God has given you to do, to accomplish for him, listen, start saying it. Believe it first, of course, but then start. People are not missing it on the believing end. They're missing it on the saying end. Start saying it. I, I, I never noticed this before until just this morning. I was going over my, my scriptures before church and I never noticed that it wasn't until the 17th chapter of Genesis that God ever said, I have made you a father of many nations. And, and Abraham was 99 years old. The Lord started dealing with Abraham when he was 75 and he talked about that through him, he would, he would bless the entire earth and uh, the families of the earth would be blessed through him. He talked about his descendants would be great. He talked about the land that he would give to him and his descendants after him. In one place, he said, go out and look at the stars of the heavens. And, and, and if you can count the stars of the heavens, so shall your seed be. Notice, shall be. God, up until that point, of, of, of Genesis 17, God always talked to Abraham about what would be. Why? He was prepping Abraham's faith. Remember, Abraham believed that God was able to do. He was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. God kept saying what would be. He said, I will make you a father of many nations. And when Abraham was fully convinced that what God promised he was able to do, then God said for the first time, I have made you the father of many nations. And when he said that, Abraham was 99 years old and when he was 100, he had a baby. Sarah was 90, uh, 89, next year she had a baby. 
They were parents. Why? How did that happen? God said, he called those things which be not as though they were. He said, I have made you. And Abraham changed his name. Abraham went from Abram to Abraham, which means a father of a multitude. What was he doing? He was calling those things which be not. Everybody that knew him said, no, don't call me Abraham anymore. That means, that means exalted father. Don't call me that anymore. What, you, what, what do you want me to call you, Fred? No, he said, call me Abraham, the father of a multitude. His friends probably went, are you kidding me? Have you looked in the mirror, dude? Father of a multitude. You're 99 years old. Take a look. He said, no, that's my new name. Every time you're going to talk to me, if you don't call me Abraham, I'm not answering. I'm not responding to anything but father of a multitude. Hallelujah. Call those things. Listen, do it in your own life. I'm not telling you you have to change your name, but, but I'm telling you, you're going to have to change your talk. You're going to have to change your talk. If you're going to have God's blessing, you're going to have to change your talk. You're going to have to start calling those things which be not as those they were. That's how, that's how it's done. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.